Thursday, October 12th, live on the Sleepers Podcast. Carter Elliott's here. I'm Greg Waddell, and we are coming to you live from the private jet that Taylor Swift is taking to Kansas City tonight for Thursday night football to support her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. Carter, I told you this before we click record. I'm terrified of you today. You look like you are going to just go drop an imminent 26 and 15 tonight, for lack of a better word. You look fitted. You got that shit on. And uh, you look like you've been in the gym as well. And now you have a glass of green juice. Yeah, this is for, because I know some people out there, they struggle, they get bored with water. I'm not one of those people, but I do like to spice my waters up a little bit. I highly recommend grabbing like these Mio's things. Just put a little little bit of flavor in your water, a little bit of electrolytes, B vitamins. I'm just to spice up your water. When you're drinking a gallon of water a day, it can sometimes like seem like a lot in so- on some days. So Throw a little meal in there, and it just absolutely spices up the water. Honestly, I would say a run for your money better than Gatorade in my eyes. Whoa. That seems like a crazy accusation. Were you a Gatorade guy or a Powerade guy growing up? Um, I was a Gatorade guy. Across all flavors? Like you would take your least favorite Gatorade flavor over the best flavor of Powerade? Yeah, didn't start drinking Powerade until I realized that it could cure hangovers in college. That's true. Uh, Yeah, I would agree. I was a Gatorade guy, except for the very specific instance where if I could get like a lunchroom cafeteria bag of Cheez-Its with a blue uh, Powerade and then maybe like a salt pretzel, if I could get that exact meal, then I was a Powerade guy. But just recreationally, Gatorade guy for sure. Also, I don't know why my hands are like right here right now. Your school cafeteria was slapping. Yeah, no, it was nice. We had a very, uh, like, you could get a spicy chicken sandwich, uh, blue Powerade, Cheez-Its, chocolate chip cookie, salt pretzel if you were really feeling hungry every single day. Damn, that's amazing. That was nice. Shout out Lansing Catholic. Uh, And shout out to our Discord. Another big night in the Discord. Uh, Some people throwing some accusations our way, Cart, of lying about the numbers on the Discord. (laughs) Would you like to address those comments? There is a section on our Discord, okay, where you pull up members. And currently, those members, the last time I looked at, sat at 118, I believe it was, members that are currently in the Discord. Members that have access to the welcome message that we have. There are 50 paid members that have access to all the other channels that we have, including you know, basketball, there's a secrets channel, there's ideas channel. Um, you know, the, the discord's really stepping up. We actually got names color coded now for uh your team affiliation. Greg is still pending, I think, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be Michigan. But uh yeah, things are things are looking good. But you know, technically we got 119 members. We're not a math podcast. We're not a math discord either. That's what we learned. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't mean to mislead on anything like that. But uh, truly, there are 119 people, I believe, that uh, are in the discord. They're just not necessarily paying for all full access in the discord. We need to change that. That's my goal every day that I come on here. And in general, I think it's kind of crazy. There's 119 people that even know who we are let alone like are contemplating joining a discord and taking the step of like 
clicking the link and following through, creating an account, except like that's that's impressive. That means something to me. Yeah, I respect that. Uh, honestly, one of the things when we first started making the Discord or like starting it up, we were trying to find out ways to make it easier to sign up, to be honest, because even myself as a non-Discord user before, it's 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 not challenging necessarily, but it's somewhat tedious. So putting the effort to even join says something to me. It means something to me. It means a lot more if you go ahead and just take that one more, give you, give you that one more little a little, little push. Go ahead and get in the, get in the Discord. Okay, don't, don't make the push noise again, please. It's okay, we got it. Uh, shout out to Koi, by the way, who asked me for admin rights yesterday, and he's been helping really fix up the Discord, make it a little more appealing, put some better features in, put the team tags in, and uh, he fixed up a nice little welcome page so that if you do join now as an unpaid member, you at least get to see the welcome thread with some rules, with some advice on what to do next, uh, and maybe see who else is in there. Maybe that'll entice people to join. So shout out to Koi. How much would you pay for rights to me? Not like, you know, not not getting weird, but like if I just like went away and said, I can't be your friend anymore. I won't talk to you anymore. How much would you pay monthly for rights to me? Hmm. I pay a pretty good amount. I, I expect a pretty good ROI on you. Um. I'd be willing to pay like a you know a small mortgage per month to keep your it's, rights. I just I've been thinking about it like you get me and you for nine ninety nine a month. I've been thinking that's kind of a steal to be honest. <laughs> like I, I me personally, I would probably pay up to like seventy five bucks a month for you. If like if you were gonna tell me I couldn't engage with Carter Elliott. Unless I paid 75 bucks a month, I, I think I would pay that. Okay, Greg, we're crossing a line here. What? I just, I just don't know if we want to get into this and you offering what you would pay for me. You know, no, Just the access to you. Like, you're funny. You're a bright part of my day every single day. That's true. Okay. I, yeah, I just I, I usually get a little bit queasy when we get talking about white people buying back people. Okay, I understood. That's not what I was going for. I'm just saying you're valuable. and I, think I would say I pay, I pay like a thousand a month for you. Oh wow. Okay. So combine a thousand and seventy-five dollars a month is our valuation, and we're offering that up for ten bucks a month. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we need to get tipped in to give us like a little NIL evaluation. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'd appreciate that. Uh okay. Well, join the Discord. The link is in the description. We also dropped some updates uh in the Discord with specifics on how our meeting we alluded to yesterday went. But we're a transparent podcast, so I feel like we should. Uh, at least be somewhat transparent about it. We had a big meeting yesterday that could have potentially led to some things for us in the season. The short version is it's not going to lead to anything for us during the season. The long version is we had a nice little heart to heart after and got back on like our sleepers media planning mode. And I feel a little bit reinvigorated cart because I feel like the, the one piece of clarity that both you and I had in light of some not so great news on plans we want to do this season uh, is that I feel very reinvigorated by the fact that we have 50 people supporting us and paying for us in the Discord. So I know you're aligned with that, but I just I want to verbalize that out loud. I said it in the Discord last night, but the one thing I'm very, very confident in is that I am more motivated than ever to make the most entertaining, thought-provoking, fun college basketball content that you can possibly find. And that's what you're going to get from me this season. 
damn skippy stay low and build is what we were at what is what we were founded on that was the founding principle forever anyone who was around when sleepers first created their youtube channel and all the socials the only thing that was in the bio was our names and hashtag stay low and build that's what we're going to do also three is worth more than two was in there but we still stand by that as well but just know we're gonna stay low and build blue collar podcasts and the chips growing too by the way which is scary sight for those out there I'm a little ashamed that we had math in our bio to start and we are not a math podcast. Well, I just wanted to let it be known that we're not getting hung up on the other team, getting a layup when we can get it out the net and go the other way and get a nice secondary transition tray. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. But anyways, uh, point is we appreciate the 50 people who are financially supporting us. Your support means the world. And uh, we promise we don't know what it's going to look like yet in season. Other than we'll be here every single day and we are going to bust our ass to support you guys because you support us. That's how I feel. So we've got three topics today. I'm excited about guy with another list. This is a fun one. Guys, little guys is is what we're going to talk about. Uh, We're going to do a player draft. We're just going to go five players across the country and try to build the best lineup that we could possibly have against each other. And then, of course, there's some drama. We are a basketball podcast. We're also a drama podcast. And uh, there is some drama in the Big Ten between two of the prominent programs that just so happen to hate each other. Can't wait to discuss that. First, though, Carter Elliott's comment of the day. All right, so this is a double-sided sword, uh, whatever you want to call this. This was under our Brad Underwood says he's not worried about Illinois point guard situation. And I just thought it was funny because it was on two different sides of the Illinois fan spectrum. And I want to know which side you fall on, being the honorary Illinois fan you are. This comes from Todd Lash. Brad has historically used his media appearances to push players he thinks are slacking. The fact that he's not makes me hopeful. He has never been gentle, LOL. Comment directly after that from Chen. Brad definitely has some interesting comments, but saying he doesn't sugarcoat things is just wrong. He said Michael Fink was an elite shooter in the country and likened Mark Smith to Jason Kidd. He knows the he throws the word elite out every other sentence. I just wouldn't call that sugarcoating. But I guess what would you you call that? What would you call that? Gassing up his guys. But that's that's not what he did here. Like, and, and that's kind of I was asking for it. I'm like, if he really liked his point guard spot, wouldn't he be naming guys by name? But uh, to me, like the the Mark Smith example would have been like if he's coming out here saying, "Oh, Drake Gibbs Lawhorn reminds me of Io Desumu, how explosive he is." Like that wasn't happening here. He just said he likes his point guard spot. He's not worried about it. So I, I don't view that as sugarcoating. Um, but that's that's just me. Also, like. If we're going to say that, though, Brad Brad has done that. Brad also has, like, ripped his own players to shreds. So that's where I was coming from yesterday. Is I just think Brad in general is honest, even if sometimes there's hyperbole with it. Like, he doesn't normally go out and hype guys up just to be the fake coach hype. Every other coach in the conference does that. I don't associate that as something that Brad Underwood does, and I don't think that's what he did here. I really respect coach honesty, too. It's just throwing it out there, especially in my situation, um, pulling out my because I haven't done this in a while, pulling out my I play D3 basketball card. It's been on the back burner for way too long. It has some dust on it. You know, like when your coach is lying to like when you if you saw your coach at a postgame press conference and he was saying certain things, 
you knew he was lying. And that was part of it. You rather him, you honestly rather him not say that. You rather him just just say say what wants to be said. And, you know, just because not everything needs to be said behind closed doors, at least in my personal experience. I know it's different for everybody. It's probably a lot different for these guys because if they get ripped or if their coach makes a fart noise sound on a press conference, it's going to be played on loop on ESPN for weeks and weeks. So it's a little, little different in this scenario, I guess. But I respect honest coaches. Like, I don't want to hear that foster lawyer had a summer like in the Cassius Winston. Don't want to hear it. You had Sorry. some honest coaches in your time too, though, right? Like some some coaches. Oh, you would brut- say harsh honesty. Brutally, brutally honest. What's the harshest honest thing a coach ever said to you? Uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, I always think back to the one sophomore year. Um, Big Cart was in a sophomore slump like no other. Um, had gotten hurt to start the year, and it was just downhill from there. Uh, after a tournament, you usually get like – uh, like a, a holiday tournament or something like that. You get like t-shirts, some type of gear or something like that. I asked my coach, I was like, coach, can I get an XL? He throws a three X at me and says, lose 30 pounds and maybe I will. And I was like, all right, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Good to look know. Now though, now you got that shit on. Like I said, look at you now. Yeah. I, mean, I did t- to his, to his credit. Did hurt me, did lose weight after that. So I guess he did what he had to do. That seems a little whiplashy back to my uh, my movies. Still never seen about. it. Yeah, you got to see. I mean, just verbal abuse. If you like verbal abuse, that's the movie for you. Okay, I'm in. All right, let's go to the Discord. Uh, once again, today it's my fault. Yesterday it was Ryan Lyons' fault. Today it's my fault in the comments channel on the Discord. Just way too many comments that aren't comments. Like we're just having too much good discussion that belongs in the banter channel that is now in the comments channel. So I'll do my best to sort this out. Uh, we asked people, tag Sleepers Media in the Discord for comments you actually want read. So I'm going to try and abide by that. I'll do some judgment calls here and there. But uh, going forward to the members of the Discord, tag at Sleepers Media in the comments. That is how I will know to read it on the show. From Coy, he says, Illinois down one lineup is Shannon Harmon, Damask, Goody, Hawkins. Five capable ball handlers, five capable shooters, and plenty of height. Do you like that better than ours yesterday? I think I do. I really like that lineup. I just hate taking Dane off the floor for personal reasons. So I definitely missed Damask in mine. I didn't want to put Dane in mine. I wanted like shooters everywhere and I just forgot mm-hmm. that Damask exists. So I give Koi some credit for calling out Damask. I would like to redo my lineup if that's okay with you, because I don't think Harmon will be on the floor in crunch time in this situation. I think it'll be this. I think it'll be Terrence Shannon at point. I think it will be Luke Goody, Damask, Garrier and Hawkins at the five. Is that not mm. like a killer small ball lineup? It is, but I, we got to see what Garrier we're getting. But at minimum, he's like a can't leave him open guy, right? Like, yeah, and, imagine and if those and, four and, guys, dirt, and dirty work guy too. If those four guys are on the floor, you can switch everything, and no one can really come off their guy to put a hand on Terrence Shannon. He's going to have one one on one opportunities all day on that lineup. Yeah, I'm I'm with it on that lineup. Can I say one thing quickly? Uh, addressing a comment that was said to me on YouTube, please. Uh, someone said that we, or me personally, I said that they don't have the point guard experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone pointed out that Terrence Shannon was playing a lot of point guard last year. 
And that's true. But where I was coming from is that if Terrence Shannon had a point guard next to him, he wouldn't have to bear the responsibility that a point guard bears. And that could bring out the best in his game. That's all I wanted to say. Like Terrence Shannon, I think, could be a good point, a serviceable point guard. But if he has a responsibility to the point guard, go-to guy, do everything, I think it puts a little bit too much on him. And emphasizing him as a point guard, I don't think is the best way you bring out his game either. So yeah, it's I, I like him more as like a combo guard, can run some point if you need to take some pressure off of the point guard or the point guard needs a break, not your full-time point guard. I also think it really matters if he's going to play any point guard. The guys around him need to compliment him in the right way. I don't think you want Terrence Shannon surrounded by non-shooters, like even one to two non-shooters, because he needs to get downhill. Like if Terrence Shannon is playing point guard, the entire job for that offense should be creating opportunities for Terrence Shannon to go one-on-one and get downhill. He's not going to facilitate and do other stuff. You don't want Terrence Shannon playing step-back three game. Um, and I, I think Illinois has enough shooters like that's that lineup I just came up with is versatile switch everything defensively a bunch of shooting I would really like to see it basketball Jones says it's going to be fun to see how many people sign up for the discord for the chance to go at Ryan the lion over his list of takes that Greg read that is a great reason to sign up for the discord honestly yeah I've been, I and <laughs> I I just want to let it be known I know we mentioned like Ryan the lion's takes on this Ryan the lion is a absolute pivotal member mm-hmm. of the sleepwalkers and the sleepers discord it falls apart without them we need 100%. we need them and i love the energy 100 i truly don't believe there's like one person we could cut right now and survive like i'm it's ruining my day if we lose anybody in the discord truly i, I don't believe that i got beef with somebody and he knows it malik if you're listening to this you know me <laughs> and you got beef it, it's it's up the whole season all right my friend it might be it might be a friendly battle but it's a battle you're my enemy you're my nemesis cart battling with a michigan state fan crazy ethan basilla says matt painter is a good basketball coach matt painter has lost to an 11 12 13 15 and 16 seed in the last 10 years dude has made an elite eight once in 18 seasons not sure if i can just chalk it up to bad luck it's not like the sample size isn't there however if purdue were to make a run this year i think all this talk would be thrown out the window a lot of painter talk in the last 24 hours from us uh any response to ethan Ethan's everything Ethan said is correct, but I just want to keep an emphasis on one thing. Matt Painter is a good coach. If you're not saying that, that's where I have an issue with it. I don't have an issue with anything else being said, but Matt Painter is a good coach. But yes, I think he does need to get over that hump. The last sentence is the one that matters. Like as soon as Purdue makes the run, we're just going to throw out everything that's currently being discussed to me. So I just, I wish people would act like the run will come instead of acting like it's not going to happen because it hasn't happened. We have so, so many examples of coaches that can't win in the tournament until they just do win in the tournament. Like Bill Self lost to a 13 and a 14 seed back-to-back before he ever did anything at Kansas. That never meant that Bill Self was a bad coach. It just meant that his time will come. Tony Bennett was the worst tournament coach in the country until he won a national championship. Like good coaches get over the hump. We believe Matt Painter's a good coach. Let's not act like it's not going to happen is all I'm asking. You can criticize him that it hasn't. You can't act like there's a connotation between, oh, well, I don't trust them in the tournament this year because they've had some bad losses. It just happens to everybody. Uh, Also, I want to give a shout out to Derek, who is a Purdue fan, who was in a different thread. 
but uh, he had a really, really good point on some of the painter stuff to me. Part of the reason that they end up in positions to quote underachieve in the tournament is because they overachieve so much in the regular season every year. And I think that's really accurate. Like if you look at these Purdue teams last year, for example, they were never supposed to sniff a one seed last year. Like that team was so far ahead of schedule that like by the time the tournament came, yeah, they're one of the top four teams in the country. But if you would have just said like, make the tournament and lose in the first round before the season started, Purdue fans are probably like, Oh yeah, that's kind of what I expect. Like they were never supposed to win two banners last year. The fact that they did was the good part of Matt Painter last year. And obviously it's bad. They lost to a worse team, but um, you know, I, I don't think we should forget how much he's overachieving in order just to get these top four seeds that then turn into losing to bad teams in the tournament. Uh, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Tristan linked a tweet from Trilly. Jose Perez. <laughs> he's back, man. He's back in the portal. Michigan was listed, as was Arizona State. Uh, who was the third team? I didn't even know. Uh, Ole, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. I didn't even click the tweet. He's not going to Michigan. He's not going to Michigan. How does Michigan feel about this one? What do you? What does that even mean? How do they feel about Jose Perez? What does that mean? I'm saying, don't don't they feel good about their chances? No. Oh wow! Usually no. they always feel good. They about always, their the Michigan feels they they can get every single coach in the country. They don't feel good about Jose Perez. Look, man, even if they wanted Jose Perez right now, he's he's not in school at Michigan. Like you, you are we really going to do this dance again? Like he, this, the semester has started. But look, okay, follow me here though, Gregory. Admissions, they've heard all the noise. They heard all of it. They're like, you know what? I'm sick of this. We're just going to let Jose Perez in. Let him in. Why not? That is not how this works <laughs> at all, right? Like that's, I don't know. It's just not how this works. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I can we can we stop acting like Jose Perez is like a needle-moving piece, though? He's not. There's a reason why his list is his list. Honestly, I'm a little I'm a little disappointed that Michigan's even on the list. Like Ole Miss is a team. Ole Miss is a team that deserves to be there because of it's Ole Miss and who's at the helm. Uh, Arizona State. I feel like anyone can just that scene. That's a classic. You can join at any time team. I feel like transferred. You know, just go there. Uh, Michigan being in this is just odd to me. I'm a pro Trilly guy. I want to want to make that unequivocally clear. Love <laughs> Trilly Donovan. Trilly messed this one up. Michigan shouldn't be on this list. I don't think they are on this list. It's already come out within 24 hours that uh, he's visiting Ole Miss. He, he's planning to visit Arizona State. He's not planning to visit Michigan. There is no world that Jose Perez ends up in Michigan. I don't think Michigan is interested. Uh, I do think there may have been an element to this of like, Trilly listed Michigan for engagement purposes, knowing that they were on his list previously. I think that's what happened here. I don't think there's been anything to signal that Michigan and Jose Perez is a potential outcome here. Uh, where do you think he ends up? I think he's going to end up at Arizona State, and I think him and Frankie Collins are actually going to be pretty good. <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again? I think he's going to end up at Arizona State, and him and Frankie Collins are going to be pretty good. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> okay. Stop. Macon says that 10 may have been a bit exaggerated. This is about, uh, he, he said his hot take was Armando Baycott being the 10th best big in the country. But he's taking these five over Baycott pretty easily. Zach Eady, Donovan Klingon, 
Kyle Filipowski, Ryan Kalkbrenner, and Hunter Dickinson. I could talk myself into taking guys like Oso, Umar Balo, Cliff, Deron Holmes over him. How do you feel about that list? Where would you put Baycott? I would put Baycott over guys like Deron Holmes, uh, even Balo. I like Balo a lot, but I would still take Mondo over him. Cliff shouldn't be considered here. Cliff's not in any way, shape, or form better than Armando. Yeah, I'm taking Mondo over Cliff. Um, I'd probably take Mondo over Oso, too. Oso is very versatile, but interested to see how he steps up because I think they need him to be in a bigger role this year when Omax is gone. Uh, I don't know. At at worst, with Armando Baycott, you're getting a double-double, and that's not something just to breeze over. Like, he's... He's a 24-year-old who is every single time he stepped on the floor for UNC, he gets a double-double. Like, that's pretty valuable. The only one in the second group I would take over Mondo is Balo. I actually would take Balo, but you know I'm a big Umar Balo guy, and I think there's a big-time season coming from him with Tubelis gone. Like, the fact that Balo was as productive as he was last year next to Azulis Tubelis is a little crazy to me. And I, I don't think we should yeah. sleep on the fact now he's like kind of alone in the front court. I think he could be a killer. Um, and then at the front one, I think Edie Kling and Filipowski Kalk are all non-negotiable better than Baycott. Is Hunter Dickinson better than Armando Baycott? Yes. Are we sure? Yeah, I, yeah I'm pretty positive. Really? Yeah. I, I'm trying not to just be pure hate towards Hunter, but... I feel like Armando is a leap ahead of Hunter in my mind. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think Mono's consistent and Hunter's not really. Yeah. I think Hunter's a little more versatile offensively, uh, both scoring and passing wise. He's definitely better offensively. Definitely. Yeah. Defensively, it's a wash to me, maybe. Really? I think so. Yeah. See, Hunter, Hunter's not been. I don't know. I, I used to argue that Hunter was a better defender than people give him credit for, but that that argument is done now. Well, just like I don't think it was his fault that Michigan was bad defensively, but he definitely did not impact things in a positive way the last two right. seasons. Well, you pointed out he played on good defensive teams before. He was a, an anchor for good defensive teams before that. I think if there's good defenders around Hunter Dickinson, then he works. But he's yeah. not a guy who will elevate your defense. But I guess so Baycott I mean, isn't either, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I, I don't really think Baycott is either. But then again. Like, at minimum, you know you're getting like 20 rebounds from Baycott every game. Like I genuinely, you have no idea what you're getting from Hunter ever. <laughs> that's true. But rebounds, uh, yeah, I guess. But yeah, I guess, like, I guess maybe, you, it, it's more of an argument than I thought it was. I shouldn't have answered that so quickly and said Dickinson easily. It's an argument. If you put Armando Baycott on Kansas this year, are they better or worse? I think they're worse. If you put Hunter Dickinson on North Carolina this year, are they better or worse? It's the same? Okay. All right, so slight edge Hunter. I can live with that. Ryan the Lion and Macon responded to uh, – <laughs> well, it was Macon's list. Ryan the Lion said Carson Cooper. Macon said Carson Cooper too. Carson Cooper breakout, baby. Train is rolling. Yay, can't wait. Bam uh, agrees with me. He's big on Balo this year. I think he could be really, really good. And then our Arizona resident fan, Jay Meisner, comes in. He says, I'd probably take Bona from UCLA as well. Do you like the Bona call out on this list? I like Bona. I think Bona is one of the best defensive 
uh, bigs in the country, both like rim protection and like being able to switch. He needs to stop fouling, of course, but that's usually a freshman problem. He's extremely raw, but there's like a world where he breaks out and like things come together a little bit offensively and he gets a go-to move. I really like Bona a lot. I want to see UCLA before I say anything positive or negative about anyone on this team. I think they are one of the most like wide range of outcomes teams in the sport this year. Um, On paper, like bunch of talented individual guys, a lot of whom are coming in from overseas that can work. It could also be like, (laughs) like one of the most disconnected teams. Like the guy, I feel like there's a chance the five guys on the floor are never a cohesive unit this year. Yeah, what 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 made you what part of what UCLA what made UCLA so good these past couple years is that one the guys they had were talented, but at the same time they were playing with guys that had played with each other for at minimum four years, like Hawkes, Tiger, Singleton. Those are all old, played a lot of basketball together guys. A lot of cohesiveness. This this team doesn't necessarily have that. Yeah, those guys. But it, but it's Cronin, so like I'm buying in on him getting it together. I'll buy Cronin. Those guys have been playing together since I mean Tom Izzo had Gabe Brown by the neck. Like it's been a while, you know. Um, you son of a bitch. We've come so far. <laughs> Are you a big Cronin guy? I want to give a shout out to uh, old pal Jimmy Cotter, who's just world traveling right now. He's the guy I coached a lot of basketball with. One of the most influential people on my basketball interests in my life, and. Uh, I really respect his basketball opinions. He has always asserted that Mick Cronin is like the best coach in the country. And it's only a matter of time. Do you agree that like, are you a Cronin guy? I'm a very big Cronin guy. I like Cronin a lot. I I think that he's uh, one of the reasons why I do like Cronin though, is because if I had to make a list of coaches that I'd want to play for that I need to play for Cronin would be on that list. Cause I think Cronin would borderline assault me. um, And I need that. I need to be pushed. And Cronin would push me, and I think he's, I think he's extremely. The what he does at, at UCLA is not impressive because it's at UCLA, but I just feel like UCLA kind of goes under the radar. Like everyone wants to pick USC to be the flashy pick. Everyone wants to pick Oregon to do it. Then you have Arizona, but like year after year after year, UCLA is there and they're playing well and he recruits well. So I'm a I'm a big Cronin guy. Okay. I'm so confused about like how does your belief that like you need to play for a harsh verbal assault type coach to get the best out of you? How does that square with your other belief that you should always run from the grind? That's not running from the grind to sign up for a coach that's going to berate you and hold you accountable. Yeah, well, I want to run from the grind if I'm if I'm Damian Lillard. Like if I'm an all star, I'm going to run from the grind. But I know I personally. I can't run from the grind. I need someone to push me. So there's a threshold that allows you to run from the grind. And if you're beneath the threshold, you need to run to the grind. Right. And then once I get pushed by that certain coach and I get to a certain level, then I'm going to run from the grind. Like I'm going to Cronin for three years, taking the leap, running from the grind to go play for Tang. Like that's that would be my path. Where are you? Uh, where are you currently at in your run from the grind threshold? Uh, I'm at, I'm honestly, I'm at the starter level. I need to be, I need to be pushed. Okay. So you're still running to the grind. You have things to chase down. Yeah. Okay. I want more. Where am I at in the run from the grind threshold? To be honest, I feel like you've, you've conquered the grind as of late. Really? Yeah. I don't think you, I don't think you need to be pushed. Interesting. Okay. 
All right. Fascinating stuff. I feel like I'm uh, taking a psychology course inside Carter Elliott's head right now. Hey, are you ready for a nice comment? Yeah. I'm really excited about this one. This is from Frisbee31, who says, at work, we had to do a leadership class exercise where we circled items that we value. I wasn't really into the class, but this part was okay. Mine were friendships, joy, creativity, growth, and well-being. I looked at the list, and I thought, dot, 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 maybe that's why I like sleepers so much. They are all about these things. Much love to the pod and the Discord. Wow. I appreciate that. That's, it's comments like those, I think, keep us pushing. That's a Mount Rushmore comment for me. Shout out to Frisbee. Appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I do think we value those things very much. Out of those five things, out of friendships, joy, creativity, growth, and well-being, what's the most important one to you and what's the least important one? Uh, Well-being is probably the most important. Uh, Friendships is probably least. (laughs) I thought for sure you were going to say joy is the least. And I was oh, is joy on there? Joy is on. Oh, oh joy is the least. Joy is the least. Yeah, jo- easily, easily the least. Joy. All right. Well, shout out to you, Frisbee, and shout out to everybody who supports us. That was very kind. Uh, scrolling down, we got a lot of Arizona talk in here from Jay Meisner and from Fam. Uh, Guy also, of course, jumping in to say he likes Arizona because of Caleb. Of course he does. Um and then we got into some Pac-12 talk. The preseason media poll came out. Did you see, by the way, that the Pac-12 has 10 players on their first team? It's it's like, it's it's just dumb. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's funny. Like, I love, I think every conference should start expanding that. Like, give me 18 guys on the first team. <laughs> it's just, it we just should do that. Sense. We should put out a sleepers, sleepers first team, all Big Ten. And it's 21 guys. Like you're like we get to like the and then we get to the third team, it's still 20 guys, and we're getting like yo-yo honorable mentions. No, I'm actually making that today. I'm sorry. I'm guy, I know you're our list guy, and I appreciate everything you do. I am making a list of sleepers first team all big ten today. It's gonna have 21 guys on it. It's gonna be so please good. put AJ Hogarth on it. I think we gotta leave somebody off as a joke, right? Like no. Um, don't worry, I'll work on this. Travis Nelson jumps in. Speaking of AJ Hogarth, he says, "Here's the thing about AJ. I love call. I love him calling out the the haters. Jesus, hold on. Here's the thing about AJ. I love him calling out the haters. I love that he has that dog in him, and I love watching him play. With all of that being said, he has way too many moments that make you want to pull your hair out. He will have that OSU Big Ten tournament moment. He'll throw a pass right to the other team for a layup." As much as I love him on my team, those moments cloud my opinion on him when he makes us all want to love him like yesterday at Media Day. Is that a fair assessment? It's a fair assessment. I think that that encompasses how I feel about AJ Hogard. Um, just in his in his career. Um, I think basketball teams look to their point guard for what to do, or they look at leaders what to do when adversity hits. And when you look back on it, when adversity hits you know, in basketball terms for AJ, like the game's not going well, things aren't going well. It, it He just seems like his body language really goes down. But when everything's going well, it's great. Slapping the floor, he's talking shit, making great passes. And I'm not saying he should play bad and still talk shit and, you know, do all that other stuff. But there needs to be a level of facing adversity head on in my eyes and not having the moments where your body language is bad um, and things like that. I don't expect every Michigan state point guard to be a certain way. Every player is different. Uh, Every point guard is different in the country. But when I look at some of the best point guards in the country, it's they're, they're unflappable 
whether they're playing good or whether they're playing bad. And I think there's a big difference when AJ Hogarth's playing bad. You can tell in his body language. And I think I don't, if he doesn't do that this year, I think there's a step for him, by the way. Like, I know that I want AJ Hogarth to take steps stat wise this season, but I'm way more invested in the step he takes is more so of a leader and a steadiness for this team uh, after playing so many years for Michigan State. Yeah, I think all that's fair. I will give AJ some credit. Like, I mean, we basically said the season was over. We wrote him off at the Big Ten tournament. How can you win with this guy? And then he was the best he was all season in the NCAA tournament. He did show up. So I think uh, even though it's hard for me, I wouldn't like rooting for it. And I certainly don't think it's a, a positive necessarily. But I think at a certain point, we almost need to just accept AJ for what he is. And I was not willing to accept AJ for what he is and his volatility when I felt that it was holding the team back. That's how I felt the first two seasons. I thought all of AJ's issues were a big reason why Michigan State wasn't better. Last season, I don't think he held them back at all with his irresponsibility or whatever you want to call it, volatility, personality stuff. I don't know. Like Michigan State was still as good as they could have been, I think, even with a locked-in AJ, mostly because they moved a lot of the stuff to Tyson and because Joey was so good. This year we'll have to see. But uh, I kind of am at a point where I, I sort of just think AJ is who he is. We shouldn't expect any more. Michigan State can win a national title with AJ being who he is. And uh, there might not be a player. We've done a lot of legacy talk. There might not be a player with more on the line legacy-wise than AJ Hogarth. Because if Michigan State does underwhelm this year or flame out in the NCAA tournament, I can promise you AJ Hogarth will not be remembered in a positive light by Michigan State fans. But – God forbid they do make that final four, then he's a Spartan great. Like that is what is on the table. There's a wide range of outcomes. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, and Matt says he's an MSU fan as well. He says, AJ is like Kirk Cousins. You love him. He helps you win more games than not. Then there's the few games where it's like, what the F? And he loses you the game. I don't love that comp. I think Cousins is way better than AJ ever was. Yeah, I think so too. And not just like NFL. Like, I think Kirk Cousins in college was like a way better impact player than A.J. Hogarth is. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, and then more more A.J. talk. Ryan Lyon and Malik. Ryan says uh, he feels like his jump would just be consistency this year. Malik says A.J. needs to shoot better and make better decisions. Yeah, and I need to be vegan and develop a left hand that I can dribble with. That's never going to happen, okay? Uh, Coy says, <laughs> Sleepers Media, shout out to Kevin Sweeney for the very first thing he said on his pod was shouting out Sleepers. Sweeney, my dog. Appreciate you. We got to get Sweeney back on the show at some point. Uh, yeah, we do. Absolutely love Kevin Sweeney, CBB Central. Go follow that man if you would like. Um I'm scrolling through to the comments. I'm trying to see if there's anything else we need to get to here. Malik tagged us. He said, uh, more so, Carter, you have two options. Simple one is MSU makes it to the Elite Eight or a season where we beat Duke, Northwestern twice, Illinois once, and Purdue. But make it to the Sweet 16? He doesn't have the outcome there. I would assume that means just something less than the Elite Eight. I'd want to make it to the Elite Eight. Do we care about Elite Eights now? I don't see. I don't. But I would need something that I would need something that comes with those regular season wins. Like if if all I have is those in my in my like, am I getting a Big Ten title out of that? 
Yeah, okay. I, I mean, Ulamog actually, Ulamog gives us a little clarity. He says, to me, it's, would you rather lose in the Elite Eight or hang a regular season banner? And let's say, if you if you hung the regular season banner, let's say you get upset in the first round. So, regular season conference champions lose in the first round or uh, finish second in the Big Ten, lose in the championship game of the Big Ten tournament, and then make it to the Elite Eight. That's no banners in the second scenario. I think second scenario is my initial answer. That's crazy to me. You want the banner. Take banner the, and losing the first round, though? Take the regular season championship. Take the banner. Elite eight means nothing to me as yeah. a program that has been to a lot of elite eights. Like, I'm not – I I'll tout the second weekend narrative because, like, I do think, like, making it past the first weekend is a thing. But there's no difference between an Elite Eight and a Sweet 16 to me, truly. Like, that just means you didn't get there. You were so close and you didn't get there. That's painful. It's almost almost more painful than losing in the first round, to be honest. Because at least when you lose in the first round, it's like you never had the thought of it was there for the taking, you know? Yeah. Good thing I don't got to worry about that scenario, though. Sure. Uh, Travis Nelson Tagged me. He said, you could say that 2017 Michigan was one shot away from the final four with a winky face. I would never say that is the thing. <laughs> like, I get that you can. That's how people like to spin it. But like, why do I feel like you have said that? I don't think I have truly. No. You got me ready to go back on old sleepers episodes and just do a little searching. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Did they lose in the like? I don't even remember if they lost in the Elite Eight that year or not. Like, did they? Was it Elite Eight? Was it Final Four or Sweet Sixteen? Two thousand seventeen, Michigan. Yeah, they lost to Oregon, but I can't remember if it was. I think it was Sweet Sixteen, not Elite Eight. I think it was too. Wasn't it that? Was it that Dylan Brooks team or no? Peyton Pritchard or was that late? Peyton Pritchard, yeah. Peyton Pritchard. DJ Wilson blew a box out, but like that's a th- it doesn't matter if you made they made the second weekend and I don't remember where they lost. Like why do yeah. we like ooh Elite Eight feels great? Like <laughs> not at all. Uh, I think that's it for today. Oh, we have Booby's Player of the Day. Uh, day three, we missed day two. It was Tulane guard Colby King. Day three, Clemson forward Jack Clark, older dude that if he can stay healthy will definitely be in contention for ACC Defensive Player of the Year awards. Six eight wing that has a chance to recreate that role that Hunter Tyson had last year. I will say this, not too familiar with Jack Clark, but if he's filling into the Hunter Tyson role, I'm in. Because I loved loved Hunter Tyson. Yeah, I'm on like a basketball reference trying to look up Jack Clark stats. And like, there's a lot of different Jack Clarks. I mean, that's I mean, that's a very, very generic name. Jack Clark, where's Jack Clark ever? Has he played? Did he play at Clemson? Did he transfer to Clemson? Where's T.O. when you need him? Okay, this is Jack Clark. So, can I get a can I get an initial? Eye he's test? a sixth year guy. He played at LaSalle two year or four years, and then NC State, and now he's at Clemson. Hmm. A six eight guard. He's a forward. Basketball Reference guard. The, uh, all right, wait. No, I'm sorry. I'm out. I'm You're out. out. Why are you out? I'm out because he said he's going into the Hunter Tyson role and he shot 28% from three last year. Mm, yeah, and 29 the year before and 27 the year before that. Mm. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. 
Yeah, we don't love that. 84, right, 84 from the free throw line, though, maybe translates. Yeah, keep them coming, Booby. I'm interested. Keep them coming. All <laughs> right, great day comment section. Thank you, everybody, in the Discord. The link to join the Discord is in the description of every video that we do. Uh, get in there before the season starts. We would love to see you join the community. Three topics today, Cart. We are going to start with some drama. Why would we not start with drama? Purdue and Indiana two schools that don't like each other, two basketball programs that have dreams of big things this season. One may be a little more rooted in reality than the other, in my opinion. Uh, well, Mason Gillis was at Big Ten Media Day and really did not hesitate to bring up Indiana, bring up his rival. And I don't even necessarily think he was prompted too much into it. Like, they kind of dangled bait out there. And he just, like, immediately ripped the bait off the hook and said – yeah, we lost to Indiana, but I don't care. We got two rings. So did you like that comment? Because that really is essentially what he said. He was like, if I had to lose to Indiana twice to get these, and then he flashed the rings, uh, he's like, I'll, I'll take that. Do you like that comment? Uh, I think he was a little bit too excited to do it. It was a little bit too much just like, I got, the, you know, I got these type situation. If he literally just voiced it, he's like, look, you know, we had a tough season it is what it is, but we still want a big 10 regular season and postseason title. Um, I don't, I think he correlated it too much. I need to pick one or the other. And it was a little bit too much for me. And I know people were like big time on flashing the rings. I was like, yeah, just a little odd to me. The great thing about this, the great subplot about this though, is that this question was asked to all three players. And Zach Eady dodged it like a national player of the year while he was playing with a baseball the whole time during the press conference. I'm in on the repeat. The repeat's happening. Go <laughs> bet it right now, whatever it's at. That's free money. He's winning it again. Yeah, it was really, really nice. He was like, like that question was clearly asked to Eady, as I'm sure most yes. questions are. Like, you're the face of the team. You're the national player of the year. You got Ethan Morton and Mason Gillis sitting next to you. Like, of course, if we're going to try and prompt someone into baiting Indiana, we're going to do it with Zach Eady. Edie like immediately leaned in, like just stone faced, and was like, "Well, Mason's from Indiana. I'll let him answer." And threw the <laughs> microphone in front of Mason Gillis. Like that was really, really uh, smooth by the National Player of the Year. Yeah, I think I'm on your side with this. Um, would start by saying we aren't the biggest pro Mason Gillis podcast in the world. As is, he's had some issues that aren't exactly things we support on this show and uh, even beyond that just not huge fans of his basketball game like we, we would like to see different players on the Purdue roster get chances than Mason Gillis and Ethan Morton however this was I, I think you hit it right saying they don't have to be two separate like you don't have to lose to Indiana twice to <laughs> win Big Ten championships like you should actually do both of those and he did end it by saying, like, kind of with the smirk, like, we'll see him again this year. We're comfortable with who we are. We'll see him again this year. But, like, isn't, like, do you get any Hunter Dickinson vibes from this? Like, we went to Media Day three years ago, and Hunter was, like, grabbing the trophy, letting everyone know, like, I'm the Big Ten champ here. And I left that being, like, this team can't win if Hunter's the guy. And Purdue's kind of doing the whole, like, we're the bad dogs. We got the rings. like But but guy. but it's okay, though, because the person doing it is Mason Gillis. It doesn't matter? Like, you yeah. role, you want your role players flaunting rings and not – If he, if, if he's doing it, that's completely fine. 
Because his role is chaos. Cause, yeah, because he's Mason Gillis. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. It's 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 just fine. It's just like they, Mason Gillis can do this. If it was Zach Eady doing it, I'd be alarmed. That's when you sound the alarm. If your best player is doing it. That's when you, you know, you get you really start to start questioning some things. The best player didn't care. Best player had a baseball in his hand the whole press conference. I that the how locked in Zach Eady is has me absolutely terrified for this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you're right with that. Like, although Edie, I mean, didn't he go to the football game wearing the rings around his neck? Do you like that move? Like, it does get a little like, I don't know. I don't want to say they shouldn't be proud of a Big Ten championship, but like, look, I played high school sports. That's all it was. I was a high school tennis state champion. That doesn't matter here. But if I had lost in the state playoffs you would not catch me dead walking around with like a district championship ring and i feel like th- that's kind of what's going on i mean a big 10 conference championship rings a little different i mean i i see the correlation there but I, that's a pretty big winning the tournament big 10 tournament and big 10 regular season in the fashion they did i mean they should be able to talk their shit a little bit i think okay okay here's, here's another angle this is the area they could talk their shit because this is the Big Ten media day. As far as Big Ten goes and Big Ten teams, there's not a team that can talk to them because they won both. Honestly, if I was Mason Gillis, I would have been like, why is everyone talking to teams that didn't win the Big Ten or Big Ten tournament last year when you have us right here? Yeah, okay. Uh, look, I think they should be proud of it. I just don't know if that's what I would do. I don't know if after a, a, an embarrassing loss to Fairleigh Dickinson – that I would walk around with rings because I I won 16 games against Rutgers or whoever, right? Like I just – you, sh- you should be proud of it. You should absolutely be proud of it. But like end of the day, they got swept by their rival and lost to Fairleigh Dickinson and ruined the season. I think the ring talk can kind of chill for a little, right? Like it, I think it was a little cringy for Edie to wear it around his neck. It, I would have liked this more. I think there's a lot of ways you can be creative and talk your shit at the Big Ten Media Day. I would have liked this more if they pulled up in T-shirts with box scores of the Fairleigh Dickinson game and said, this is all I care about. Like, that's I've, – I've slept on this for nine months. It's revenge this year. Like, I like that way more than we're the big dogs. Haha, <laughs> we beat Iowa. Like, yeah. I would, I, a, a Gillis forearm tat with the final score of the Fairleigh Dickinson game. Like, that's what we needed. Yeah, that's – I think that's just a different way to go about this. So, um, honestly – this is the first time I've said this all off season. Indiana stock is up because of this for me. It is it. I was yeah. just going to follow this up with that. Purdue beats Indiana by 20 this year. You think so? Yeah. I, I don't think they realized that in order to beat Purdue last season, they needed a generational performance from, from a generational player in the big 10 and trace Jackson Davis. Don't have that this season. It was hood Shafino who killed them by the way. Like trace was good. Don't get me wrong, but hood Shafino went, like Jordan Clarkson killer on fire mode. Yeah. I don't know who's doing that this year. Xavier Johnson. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks for the drama. Indiana and Purdue certainly will be fun. Let's move to our guy. Guy is back with another list of guys, guys this time, as he termed it, it's the best short Kings. His qualifications are you must be six feet or less. Shorter equals extra points. In parentheses, 
Uh, I can tell you right now, I'm going to tweak the words on this. We're not going to call it best short Kings. We're going to call it guys, little guys. And I'm also going to delete the shorter equals extra points. Cause that just feels a little weird to me. I love a little, little, little short ism feels a little weird to me, but uh, his list is out. Here's the list in order. Tyler Perry from Kansas state, Tyson Walker from Michigan state, Ryan Nemhard from Gonzaga, Zakai Ziegler from Tennessee, Nigel Pack from Miami, Doug McDaniel from Michigan, Wade Taylor from Texas A&M, Ace Baldwin from Penn State, Brian Greenlee from Florida Atlantic, Nick Honor from Missouri, and then Severe Wheeler and Darion Trammell are honorable mentions. I got to think you're not happy that Darion Trammell is on this list. I, both names in the honorable mention had me in hell. I can't believe that there's a, there's a list that will be provided <laughs> and the honorable mention names are there. So are we, is this list supposed to be the best players who are under six feet or is this just who we like the most? I think this should be best players under six feet. And I will say this, though, I have a personal, personal rooting interest for some reason against uh, Darion Trammell, maybe because of Eli Bodiger and the, the stuff he puts me through. He should be top 10 on this list, probably. I'd have him over Nick Honor for sure. I'd have him over Nick Honor. I think uh, Zakai Ziegler is too high on this list. Um, yeah, I think he's too high on this list for me. I would put, I'd probably put Tramel higher, like not an honorable mention. Maybe inch Doug up. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> was that was that a joke? Inch him up? No, but that was good though. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, if it's best players. I think Tyson Walker should be one over Tyler Perry. I think Nigel Pack should be two over everybody else. Uh, I don't think that should be super non-negotiable or like it just is what it is. Nigel Pack and Tyson Walker, are the best players on this list. If it's our favorites, Doug McDaniels won. It's speak for yourself. I mean, if, if we're just doing like the most fun short player, Doug McDaniels definitely won. Like our favorites. Most fun short players. Tyson. Tyson's what Tyson's way more fun than Doug. I mean, we would we could do one and two, but Doug's one. That's that's not a debate. Okay. His name is I... Doug McDaniel. His name is Nasir Doug. D-U-G. He wears zero a headband, arm sleeves, leg sleeves, and braids. Okay. That is yeah, my you're right. boy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What will happen to your mental health if Doug has a bad season? I can't even think about that outcome. I can't allow myself to get in that dark of a spot before the season gets. Wouldn't you like it though? Like that means he stays. Would I like that my sweet prince has a bad year? Is that, that means he's. That means he stays. He stays. Reg- Dog. He's five eight. Where is he going? <laughs> That's Seton Hall. He's not going to Seton Hall, man. And even if he is bad, if if Jawan, if he's bad enough that Jawan Howard's fired, he's leaving anyway. What are Doug's numbers this season? Do you want my heart's numbers or my brain's numbers? Give me your brain's numbers. Can I give you my heart's numbers? Yeah, sure. <laughs> my heart's numbers are 21 points, three assists, three steals. <laughs> 21? 21 points, three assists, three steals on 42% from three and 48% from the field. My word. Killer. Is he all Big Ten? Yeah, Killer. Killer. First team all Big Ten guard for sure. He does what everybody thinks Bruce Thornton's going to do. 
Okay, I want okay. I actually break. I I know that was the hearts. I actually think that is in the range of outcomes though. I just want to be clear. Like the breakout, not 21 a game, that's a joke. Anyone who thinks Bruce Thornton could end up first team all Big Ten, it is within the realm of possibility that Doug McDaniel ends up doing what you think Bruce Thornton could do. Because I think at Ohio State, Bruce Thornton is gonna be the guy. But there are actually better offensive players alongside Bruce Thornton. We've seen Jamison Battle score 15 a game in this conference. Like, Scotty Middleton may come in and be a better offensive option than Bruce Thornton right away. That is absolutely possible. We have seen Zed Key, I know it's a joke, but we have seen Zed Key be like a consistent 15 a game guy before. There are guys on Ohio State that if they're good, Bruce Thornton might not need to get 20 a night. At Michigan, Doug needs to get 20 a night. Like, I just call it what it is. Namari Burnett is not going to come on the court looking to score 12 points a game. He might get there, but he's not going to. Uh, Olivia Olivier Kamwa is much better as a secondary guy than he is a primary guy. That's proven throughout his career. So, look, I, I ran the numbers a week ago on Doug, man. He had a great finish to the season. Like, if you score 14 a game over the course of a month playing with Hunter Dickinson and Kobe Bufkin, why would I not think that you could jump up when those two guys leave and there's no one who takes their spot? Like, he's going to shoot seven more times a game this year. Okay. So end of the season output can lead to thinking a guy could make a jump. When people leave the team. <laughs> okay, like, got it. <laughs> do, you, do you not realize that if Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard left, I would be projecting Jay Nakins to be a first-team All-Big Ten player? What really? Jay Nakins would be like an 18 a game guy if AJ and Tyson weren't here. And that's that is what is happening with Michigan right now. All the good players left. And you got this little tiny little fun kid who scored 14 a game down the stretch for the final. He figured it out. Everything clicked and he's scoring. Like if Michigan wants Doug to get 20 a game this year, he'll get 20. It's just if they want him to do that or not. The team might not be good. I'm not saying that's going to be like a sweet 16 team. They might not even make the NIT if that happens. But Doug can get you 20, man. Like that can absolutely happen. I just hope he's happy, healthy, and hydrated this season. Can't wait to see him play. He will be. Do you want my brains numbers quickly? Then we can move on from Doug. Yes. Uh, I think he is 15 a game with four assists. 15 a game and four assists. Those are very reasonable. I can see that. I think those are really good numbers. Very uh, great numbers, honestly. Yeah. Okay. That's why well, I, I also think, just so people don't think I'm Michigan slapping here, I think Com was a lot less uh statistical production than people think. Like he will have like he will have a lot less than people. I don't think Com was more than like a 12 points a game guy, Max. Ooh, okay. Yeah. See, I think I lean. I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm leaning. Olivier to make a jump. Okay. Who scores more points per game this year? Tyson Walker, or Doug McDaniel, Tyson Walker. I mean, if, if my projection of 15 for Doug was correct, you would need a leap from Tyson. Not You've already said you're going to get a leap, but yeah. I mean, not that big of a leap though. Right. Yeah. But yes, Tyson will score more than Doug this season. I might want a sleepers bet on this. I'd be down. I I will say if Tyson was on Michigan, he would score 22 a game. He would, yes. Yeah, he would. What would AJ score? What would AJ stats be if you switched him and Doug McDaniel? I don't know what would happen to his assists. Because, like, 
you kick out and Trey Jackson is the, <laughs> what happens. It's probably not good things. Um, I don't know, man. This is hard. Uh, why is Nigel Pack at five, though? Uh, I don't know, because Nigel Pack's probably one of the best players in the country. Like, Nigel Pack should be better than Nebhard. Also, whether we do fun or talent, Nigel Pack should be higher, right? Like, I would much rather watch Nigel Pack than Ryan Nebhard. And Zakai Ziegler. Yeah. Well, you don't like Zakai Ziegler. Can you talk about that? What's your What's your opinion on Zakai? I think he's a good player. I think his story sometimes picks up for what his actual play is. Okay. I think he's good, though. But when you bring up, like, best point guards in the country, I, I that's, that's kind of where I just draw the line. Okay. Like, he deserves uh, to be on this list, no doubt. But, like, I would put him in the Wade Taylor, Ace Baldwin range before I put him in the Tyson Walker, Tyler Perry, Nigel Pack range. Is there any world where Tyler Perry does exactly what Marquise Noel did last year? Uh, no, because I don't think – I think he could be actually better, more efficient scorer than Noel, but I don't think he has the passing acumen. Okay. Big test for Tang. Like, if he makes Tyler Perry, like, 75% of what Noel is, I'm ready to take Tang super serious as, like, one of the best, if not the best in the country as far as, like, player featuring. But Yeah. Uh, also him, like, him, him, and, him and Kaluma. Yeah. But also, like, if it goes poorly, then it's kind of like, oh, that was just Noel and Keontae being really good. That wasn't yeah. a Tang thing. Yeah. All right. Well, great list, Guy. Uh, any final thoughts on Guy's list, Cart? Anything? Any takeaways? Any words for Guy? Is Guy a short king? Guy strikes me as six foot with hopes of being like six three with a late growth spurt. Okay. That's that's my only last thoughts on this. Is Guy a short king? Also don't want to dox Guy, but uh I mean Guy just has a famous family member. Yeah. Just dropped it in the Discord last just night. To like casually hit the Discord. Willy nilly. Crazy. Insane. All right. Thanks, Guy. Another great list. We'll put that out on socials later. Uh, Everybody engage, interact with that. Let us know if you like or dislike short kings. Let's move to our final topic of the day. We're going to do a quick little player draft here. Carter and I are both going to pick five players. We're going to build the best team that we possibly can to beat each other's team. Uh, Because, quite frankly, I have just destroyed you in every draft that we've ever done on this program. I would like to propose that you get the first pick and it's not snake style. So it's, it's your first pick. I'm second, you're third, I'm fourth. We're just doing five players, no coaches. And Carter gets to go first because I always win these drafts. You win these drafts because you're a master of mental warfare. Mm-hmm. I'm already in shambles that we're not doing snakes. I hundred percent thought we were. And you also so be confident. crazy if you think that that move by me right now isn't mental warfare. Like I, I want you feeling fat and happy. Like, Ooh, I get the first pick, but also a little jaded, a little slighted that I'm not taking you serious. All those things. Okay. Are the way. I'm going to, I mean, this. well, you just gave me a layup. So I'll go ahead and get us going. I'm, I got Zach Eady. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's fascinating. You're not worried about all the concerns with Edie? No. I'm that's that's the easiest number one pick ever. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Also, that is the easiest number one pick ever. I thought you might get cute though. Um I thought you might pull something of like you don't trust him in March and 
the whole Michigan State argument. No. Okay, I'm proud of you for not doing that. So I only get one pick then here. And the problem is so many of these guys are centers. You're probably going to go guard. No, okay. I think there's I think there's one big on this list that could play next to Zach Eady, and I need to make sure you don't get him. I'm going to take Kyle Filipowski. Okay. I like that pick. That's who I was going to go with. You're gonna you're gonna have to go double big if you draft another big big here. Why? Well, I'm just saying, like, we're only drafting five players. So if you're gonna take like one of the other big centers, like you're gonna have to play him next to Edie now. That's a little okay. clunky. Uh I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Ace Miss. Ooh, a little early on Ace Miss. Don't you think? What talk me through that pick? Uh, I want the best point guard in the country. Wow. Okay. Fascinating stuff there. Um, I'm going Terrence Shannon Jr. You bastard. I think he's one of one. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, look, you can pick whatever point guard you want. There's not that much of a difference between Max A. Smith and Tyson Walker. You can pick whatever center you want. There's a big difference between Edie and the others. But uh, Terrence Shannon is one of one. There is no other wing as dynamic as Terrence Shannon in the country. Give me uh, Filipowski and Shannon as my first two picks, and I'll fill in from there. My team's in hell. Floor is back to you. My team is in so much hell. (laughs) I did take Aces early. Oh, God, I'm falling apart. I'm falling apart. I'm falling apart. I'm falling apart. Um, Okay. Okay, let me pivot. We're okay. We're good, right? We're so good. Um. For my, let's see, sorry, Asmus Edie, I will go. Uh, you know what? I don't care. I'll go Tyson Walker. I thought you might let him keep slipping. I would have taken him fourth round if he was there. Um, I would take Tyson. It's a good pick. That's my, well, other than Edie, that's my favorite pick of yours so far. Uh okay, this makes it easy then on me with my next one. I'm taking Trey Alexander. Once again, I think he is the best two guard in the country. Uh, other than uh, if you want to consider Tyson a two guard, I don't know if I call him point guard or shooting guard. He's going to play two guard, but uh, to me, I have, in my opinion, the best player uniquely at the two, three, and four in the country. And point guard and center are deep. I can fill in from there. Back to you. Understandable and. Maybe you were on the same wavelength, but I'm going to stay in Creighton. Are you doing what I think you're doing? No, you're not. No, you're not. You wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do what? You wouldn't draft Calc. No. Yeah. I want Baylor Shireman. Okay. Okay. I don't want to disrespect my Creighton, so I'm not going to say my thoughts on taking Baylor Shireman seventh overall in a draft of best players in the country. <laughs> He's 34th on the list here. Uh, just, making my, just making my team fit right now. I'm loving my team. If I get my last pick, you're going to hate my last pick, by the way. I'm I'm winning it all. I'm fascinated by what, what guard I should pick. But uh, 
you know, this is tough. This is really tough because I think Kalkbrenner and Klingon are right with each other as far as how good they are. It's kind of crazy. If I picked Kalk, we would have three Creighton players in the top eight. That feels like a lot of Creighton. But definitely, Kalk, definitely feels heavy Creighton. Kalk is Creighton's best player, by the way. And like two other Creighton players have been taken. Um, but I already took Edie. Like I can't do Edie Kalk. I'm going to go Klingon. I don't feel great about that. I think we took the wrong Creighton players, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I'm going to take Klingon. So my, my team resetting here. Trey Alexander, Terrence Shannon, Kyle Filipowski, Donovan Klingon. And uh, your team, I'll let you say, but you got the fifth pick, fifth and final pick for Carter Elliott. I need to do I need I need I need something to tie this team together. There's this is a big piece. This might be the biggest piece on my team. Oh, I gotta hit this pick. Okay. As much as I want to take Trayvon Brazil from Arkansas, I'm scared coming off this ACL. Would love to pick him. I'm going to take, I'm going to say PJ Hall as my four. Insane pick. That's a great team, and it fits so well. It's an insane pick. That's a great pick. It's an insane pick. Um, Everyone on my team shoots 40% from three except for ED, and I got the best post player in the country. It's an insane pick. I'll just I'll I won't disrespect anybody, but I'll leave it at that. It's an insane pick. Uh okay. I just need a point guard. That's all that's left. And uh I think I got enough scoring. Shannon and Alexander can already do that. Uh Flip can obviously do that. I think I got defense. Klingon's really good. Shannon's really good there. I really just need someone who is not like a score first point guard necessarily. I would have loved to take in my boy. I I I, I would have absolutely loved to take my boy Boo. Uh, I really would have. Would have absolutely loved to take him. But I think I think I got enough shooting. Art. I think I got everything I need. I just need someone who can be like a good, not get mad if they're the fifth option one game, but make the offense run. You're going to hate this pick. It's Tyler Kolick. It's Tyler Kolick. And if we put this out, uh, if we put this out in graphic form, everyone's going to say I won because I have Tyler Kolick. Great. Let's read each other's teams quickly. The Tyler, the Tyler Kolick bump is hitting. Let's read each other's teams. Who's your team? Read them back. Max Asmus, Tyson Walker, Baylor Shireman, PJ Hall, Zach Eady. You got a lot of shooting. I'll say that. Like, I can't really double Zach Eady here. No. That scares me. Um, okay. My team is Tyler Kolick, Trey Alexander. Terrence Shannon, Kyle Filipowski, and Donovan Klingon. I feel really bad that Kalk didn't get picked. I love your team. How do we pick two Creighton guys and not pick Kalk? That's kind of crazy. Well, because I had E. I, I just don't see Edie and Kalk. Yeah. I wanted to take uh, Isaiah Collier as well. I thought about I him. thought that's where you were going with your last one. I thought about him at a point, but like realistically, the team has dogs. I don't need a dog. I need a, I need a guy who gets seven assists a game. In retrospect, in looking back. I wish I would have waited on Ace Miss. I wish I would have grabbed Terrence Shannon and then grabbed Isaiah Collier as my last pick as my point guard. That would have been nice. But yeah, you can't do that. So all right. Okay. Who, 
who won that draft, me or you? I think I won. Yeah, I won the draft. Good draft. Easily? Yeah. Like what's the line what's the line on those teams? Those it became teams? easy when I took Kolik. It became easy when I took Kolik. Yeah. I mean you just you can't you don't get twelve and twelve and six every day. Isn't that like combining Tyson Walker and AJ Hogard? No, it's just AJ Hogard, literally. Oh, oh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> it just is. I'm so sick of Big East Aaron Craft. <laughs> you sound like it's a bad thing. Aaron Craft was great for your favorite program. They didn't become my program until he left. Your ear, nose, throat hurt? Okay. One big thing. One big thing presented by Big V. Another great episode today. What do you got? Uh, my one big thing is I want to shout out to everybody who took the time to donate to my wife's charity. She was able to hit her goal, um, raised a lot of money for the American Cancer Society. Um, so I just want to say a special thank you to everyone who donated. There's a lot of people who chipped in, uh, both who watched this program and just in our lives personally. Um, so I really appreciate everybody. Um, and my wife was very happy and happy wife, happy life. And, you know, now she's going to be, we're less than a month away from her running her marathon in New York and it's going to be great. And she's doing it for a great cause and she wouldn't be able to do it without y'all. So I appreciate you. Wow. Shout out Meg. When's the race? November 5th. Oh, why did I think it was this week? I don't know, but you were so fired up saying race week to me. I just let it go. Yeah, you just never corrected me. Yeah, I mean, you were so fired up. I couldn't. I didn't have the heart to. That's a little crazy, but all right. Uh, I guess five more race weeks before we get to race week. That's nice. Uh, I didn't come prepared with a one big thing. That's a miss, but I do have a notepad that I keep of ongoing fleeting thoughts for one big thing. And this is one that I would have uh, said a month ago if needed, but I ended up not needing it. So uh, I think that any shows that are releasing new episodes need to release them all at once and not once per week. We're not in the 2000s anymore. Like I appreciate that we were, that was a great era. I look back fondly on like watching Lost when it came out once a week. I look back fondly on the Breaking Bad stretch run. Those were appointment television viewing moments. That's great. If I want to watch Welcome to Wrexham, I might just want to watch 11 episodes during a work day. Okay. That might be what I need. I'm not enjoying the process of I got to wait six nights to watch 30 minutes of Ryan Reynolds smiling and FaceTiming some women overseas. That's not, it's not doing it for me. It's actively hurting my interest in the show. The best part about it was that you could fly through it in season one. You can't fly through it in season two. And that's an alert. That's an alert to all shows and networks cart. If you want me, if you want me as a viewer, you better be giving me multiple episodes at once, okay? Like, I, I am going to hit the viewer portal if you just release one episode a week. See, I hear you. I, I truly do. But at the same time, there's something special about, like, watching it and everyone else like on Twitter's watch it. You're live. I love a good live tweet of shows. That's I, I feel really good about doing that. So I'm halfway with you on that one. Okay. I was just honestly, I I tuned everything that you just said out. I was plotting, pretending to faint, and then seeing how you would react. That's crazy. Why would you do that? It would have been really electric content if you think about it. As I freak out? I'm just wondering like what you, I think you would have been like, Greg, 
Yeah, probably. But then I probably would have like called your mom or dad. Would have been electric content. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anyways, good show today. I didn't faint. That's a win. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. There are rumors of a return from a certain Riley for a Riley Friday. Uh, that's unconfirmed, but I did get a text saying I might need to return this Friday. So uh, we'll see. Maybe Bluffs will be back. Everybody have a great Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow.